Nearly overnight, millions of people across the globe became part of the remote workforce as offices shut down. For many, the new normal of working at home was a stark change that they were probably unprepared for. And at the same time, companies had to figure out how to meet their employees' needs during a world health crisis. Today in the Workday podcast, we're kicking off a two-part series about engaging a remote workforce and the future of work. And for this series, I'm excited to be joined by Don Sheriffin, head of people at Slack. And thanks so much for being with us, Don. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into today, could you tell me just a little bit about yourself and about your work at Slack? Absolutely. My name is Don Sheriffin. I'm VP of people at Slack. And I have over 20 years of HR experience, which is weird because I'm not over 26 in my mind. I teach HR at San Francisco State University, and I'm an executive coach. I joined Slack about five years ago when we were approximately 150 people in three countries and have helped grow it to over 2,000 employees in 12 countries. I have a husband and three cats, and I live in the East Bay of San Francisco. Awesome. That's great. So, you know, we're in the middle of my now least favorite term, unprecedented times. We talk about disruption and all the different things that are happening. It's obvious what we're talking about. So let's dig in a little bit to, in particular, some of the ways that Slack is supporting its employees. What is Slack doing right now as so many have adapted to totally new working environments? Yeah, I will do my best to not use the term unprecedented times. Our North Star through all of this has been to prioritize the health and safety of our employees. So when we're making a decision, we would always ask, does it support health and safety first? So tactically, things that we have done are things like give employees money to set up their home office so they can have the best Wi-Fi or a chair or an ergonomic setup for their health and safety. We've hosted town halls with doctors and productivity experts who've surprised employees with a bonus day off for the company. We actually just announced this week that we're going to continue to do that one time a month through our work from home period. We created forums for our parents to share their experiences, struggles, and successes. We've hosted virtual trivia nights and coffee chats to create spaces where folks can connect and build community. And we've told employees that the earliest we're going to come back to the office is September 1st, so that they have the opportunity to really plan their lives and have reasonable expectations. Wow, that's that's fantastic. I know it's been really powerful at Workday, too, to see all the things that they've been doing and really great leadership showing through. And it's it sounds like the same thing at, at Slack, which is fantastic because it's such a strange time. I won't say unprecedented, even though I just did. It's such <laughs> a strange time, and especially adjusting into it, remembering that this isn't just normal remote work. You know, this is such a quick change for so many people. And remote work in the middle of a global pandemic is very different when there's so many other things competing for your brain. So that's fantastic. Now, you know, for us, and I think for a lot of people, Slack is pretty ubiquitous, but it's it's not for everyone. And by that, I mean, not everyone uses it, which is funny because I'm so used to it. So many people are used to using collaboration tools like Slack, but not everyone. So let's dig in a little bit how companies can help workers adapt to that type of technology that they might not be used to using? Totally. The way I think about it is whether you're a newly remote worker 
or my 96-year-old grandma who called me last week to ask her to set her up with one of those Zoomy accounts. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Technology is coming really fast at us right now. And I think the first thing companies can do is really listen to their employees' needs during this time, have clarity on what adaptation or challenge you're actually trying to solve. You probably don't need every new technology tool out there all at once. Secondly, have a plan on how you will use the tool. Like Slack, for example, we encourage folks to spend time thinking through how to name your channels as a company so it's easy to navigate or how to set your status so your colleagues know when you're teaching your kids that new math or going for that afternoon run and expect a response when you're done. I personally am not a person who reads the manual when I get a new electronic. And sometimes that means I miss out on a really cool feature or frustrate myself when I can't find that dang power button. For Slack, for example, we have awesome resources. Read the instruction manual. Most videos out there you can find on YouTube, you can find on the software's website are less than two minutes. It's doable. And finally, I'd say be gentle with yourself and your colleagues. It's normal and human to feel intimidated by new technology. Just get in there. The chances of you breaking anything are probably pretty low. It reminds me about that manager I heard about who was trying to bring some fun to her team meeting. So she turned on a video filter that turned her into a potato and then she couldn't figure she couldn't figure out how to turn it off. That's so, <laughs> so one of her teammates took a picture and posted it on Twitter and then it went viral, of course, and she was known as the potato boss. It created such a fun and memorable moment for her team and many others who were trying to figure out the new technology. So hold it lightly and have some fun. We're, we're all going to get there together. Yeah, that's great. I've I've had fun with that potato filter as well. It's, it's great. <laughs> and me and my kids playing with it. It's fantastic. I like to to put kind of a pin in the in the date. You know, we're recording this here in mid-May. Uh, and I'm sure things will change even in the next few weeks and, and month or how long it takes to to publish the podcast. So I like to think about what you've learned even along the way, some of the changes that you made in the first few weeks. And, and how those have adapted as you've moved forward. You know, what did you establish early on? If there are any examples of this, something that you established early on and then even shifted in the middle of this time. So a couple of things. The first thing that comes to mind tactically is we gave folks X number of dollars to set up their home office because we thought it's just going to be a couple of weeks and then we'll be back to the office. And it went longer and our employees were really asking us, Hey, can you please help us out? Can you give us a little bit more? So we increased our stipend. We also increased our stipend for home internet because we know how important it is to be connected during this period of time. That wasn't something we had originally considered. And then I think probably the biggest thing that we're considering, honestly, is we're pretty lucky that we get to work remotely, that our jobs allow that. But knowing that people aren't going to come back to what it was before, it is a new normal. And so how are we thinking about hiring, career development, workforce planning in the future, because people aren't going to come back to an office nine to five, Monday through Friday. They're not going to want to do a lot of those things. Sure. That's, it'll be so interesting to see how the different companies approach it going back. So one thing that has been interesting, you know, we're all on Zoom calls all the time and a lot of people have set up virtual happy hours and other types of things, but more and more, we're realizing, hey, we just really want to be with our coworkers. And, mm-hmm. and even the strains of of Zoom fatigue are, are very real. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about culture for a little bit. What advice would you give, particularly HR, around helping to maintain that healthy company culture, even while we're physically apart? 
Yeah. I think that's such a great question. And it's something that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about. And so I think clarity of culture is one of the pillars of distance working. So that doesn't mean potato filters, although I love a good potato filter. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is, I think, three things. So the first is your culture must be articulated clearly. It seems obvious, but some companies or teams just haven't done that yet. That's fine. It's okay. But start there and be explicit. Our culture is X. Culturally, we do Y. Second part is the culture must be repeated, must be restated frequently, loudly, often. Weave it into your communications, your celebrations, your accomplishments. Please don't put a virtual poster anywhere, but tell your employees what it is, why it matters, and that it's valued. And the third is I think your culture needs to be enforced. And this one might sound harsh, but violations of culture must be addressed, almost more so when we're distance. Allowing people to act in ways contrary to your culture creates confusion and dissonance within your company and undermines everything that you just spent all that time creating and communicating. It breaks trust with your employees when you tell people, we stand for this and allow behavior that's in conflict. And trust, I think, is the most important commodity from every side while we are distanced. That's such a great point. I'm definitely looking forward to being back in the office, even with the concessions and the the inconvenience and how weird it could be initially. I think because like so many companies at Workday, the the people are such an important part of it. And it's not like we we haven't lost the people, but that just connection in the hallway and having those type of conversations and the way that you can communicate more more quickly and easily than it is to just, you know, even hop on a message or even on a Zoom. You miss miss those chats for sure. So I'm sure that many other people are in that same boat of looking forward to having that connection again. Me too. Yeah, me too. So this has been great. Let's kind of bring it into one piece of advice. And there's been a lot of great information here, but I like to think of it as sort of a, a post-it note size takeaway. So for you, what's that one post-it note size takeaway that you would give HR professionals in particular as they help their companies move forward in this time? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to borrow a piece of advice from the airlines. Remember when we used to be able to fly Uh, and that is to put on your own oxygen mask first. Most HR professionals I know are passionate about business. They care deeply for employees and this is an unprecedented time. Oh, I said unprecedented. Oh my gosh, an unprecedented no time. <laughs> <laughs> it's allowed. Model the behaviors you want for the company. Create space for creativity so you can solve these new and unique puzzles and be kind to yourself. This is going to be going on for a while. So we're all doing our best to work from home. They're challenging economic realities, care for our loved ones, and we're working through a friggin' pandemic. So right. put, on, put on your oxygen mask. That's great. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dawn. Thank you for having me. This has been the Workday Podcast with Dawn Sheriffin from Slack. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm Jeremiah Barba, and thanks for listening. Thanks.